Before um, I introduce Aisha, um, just remember to follow the conversation at Radio Days Africa, even though it's the last day. Keep tweeting us um, with the hashtag RDA19 and the power of 10. And then with that, I'd like to introduce Aisha, the uh, marketing director for Sony Music International, with a big um, background in both radio and TV and music. So I'm sure this will be quite an interesting session. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for joining me this morning. Um, luckily for me, I work in music. So my presentation is not serious at all. So I hope that you really enjoy it. I've got lots of music to share with you and lots of content. So I hope you enjoy it too. But um, as a first, I wouldn't be a record company person if I didn't tell you that, we are, that Sony Music is um, dropping the new Destruction Boys this morning. And I want to play it for you quickly before I start. <laughs> out this morning featuring Nak Music and DJ Tira. So please Shazam, stream, do what you need to do because you know it's going to be good, right? Um, okay, cool. So I'm here today just kind of uh, make the, kind of talk about the bridge between what we regard as a radio romance um, from a Sony music perspective, obviously on the, on the um, topic of record labels versus radio. But I have been very lucky to have been in the media industry for a very long time. Uh, my entire career has been in media. So I come from 5FM, I was station manager of 5FM, and then subsequent to that, um, I was channel head for SABC3. So I've been in media for a very long time, and record, the record industry and being at a record company is actually still very new to me. I've, um, I've only just made one year at Sony Music as marketing director. So the, 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 the journey has been a good one, and I think if anyone understands the bridge between what was radio and media, and what is now record companies and record labels. Um, I hope I can kind of illustrate that. So um, I would like to have a very interactive session. So if you have any questions at any time, please feel free um, to ask. But I will give you just a bit of a synopsis of what it is that we do, and just a little bit of a highlight package of what Sony Music has done, and then just a little bit of what we're seeing from a radio landscape, and kind of the challenges that we're facing, and how it is that I think that we can work together better, as opposed from the other side, and then just some case studies towards the end. So it shouldn't be too long, but it should be a good one. 
So just to give you a bit of a background in terms of Sony Music in STEM in Africa and what it is that we do, um, Sony is obviously there, um, and like most labels in our country, to discover and break hot new African talent. Um, we are there to establish ourselves as a brand leader in the market and to develop great African artists to the world. So there's a big, big, big uh, role that a major label like Sony plays in terms of developing South African artists, developing the local industry, and in developing artists to take them to the world. It's what we call Africa to the world. The beauty about being at a major, I suppose, is the fact that you have an international office practically in every single uh, country around the world and music can travel. So we are constantly sharing local music and local talent with our international offices. We have a weekly call. Uh, we are pushing music. We are pushing collaborations. We are pushing opportunity. Destruction Boys is an example. Um, Sony just signed with Destruction Boys. Um, well, has been signing with Destruction Boys for some time, but officially we did our signing yesterday and we released our first check um, this morning. But what it is that is of importance to us is how it is that they can now travel to the rest of the world. So the discussions that Sony is having is around collaborations with different offices around the world, specifically at this stage with our Argentinian office, around opportunity, because as you know, uh, the sound is being really, really well in other territories and growing. So that's kind of our, this is an example of what it is that we do and kind of the role that we play. So if I had to give you just kind of a snapshot of kind of labels and what it is that we do at Sony, um, we've got a local and pan-African division, which is on this side. So we have everything from an Afrikaans label, a SA Urban local label, a Sub-Saharan news label. So that's kind of our Africa focus, local focus, and then Afrikaans, as well as a catalog and a legacy um, kind of focus. So that's a strategic label that we've got, which focuses on anything that is four years and older. So AKA is an example, uh, is celebrating five years of his album levels today and that would fall his album levels actually falls under catalog so anything that's four years and older legacy is an example is Michael Jackson um, Aretha Franklin uh, Whitney Houston Mariah Carey uh, and then we've obviously got local uh, local artists underneath that as well and then from an international perspective we've obviously got Columbia epic RCA it's the Beyonce's it's Khalid it's all the big um, kind of international artists that come out of there Travis Scott um, etc. So that's just a little bit of um, who it is that who, who we are, and these are some of the artists that we represent. Um, we've got Sunel Musician, um, The Band, Cinnamon, DJ Somebody, Shekinah, Goldfish, Good Luck. Just to give you a bit of a, an idea, there's Rouge, there's Cuesta, Rick Rick, um, DJ Maparisa, Melindo. So it's a quite a wide variety, just from a local kind of perspective. Um, and a lot of our focus just from Sony, Sony um, local offices around a lot of these artists and taking them, like I said, taking them to the world. So I'm going to play you a little um, clip just to show you kind of what it is that we do before we get into the nitty gritty of how radio can impact. That's just a short clip. Um, just, it's actually just representing only one of our labels, which is our Pan-African label. So you wouldn't have seen kind of more of our very um, kind of crossover artists in there, like Cuesta, Rick and AKA, etc. But it is just to give you an example of kind of what it is that we do and kind of Sony Music's um, footprint in the market. So the reason why we're here, yeah. sorry, 
Okay, cool. So the reason why we're here is obviously to understand radio's role and kind of labels and how it is that we work together. And obviously you would have known, understand, you know better than anybody. Um, having been, I see that in the audience there's a lot of young people, so you know and understand that from an industry perspective, a lot has happened from an environment perspective, right? So it's about how it is that we stay ahead in a very disrupted world. And if anybody knows and understands a disrupted world, it's a record label. And they see it, uh, we've, they've sort of seen it firsthand. And I think the beauty about working at a major like Sony is that they've kind of gone through um, the tests of time already. So a lot of this kind of fear or kind of the, the feeling around how it is that a label can um, kind of meet them, uh, well, let's say, um, in, involve themselves in a digital era, or how it is that they can accustom to what it is that is the next step, has kind of already happened to a large degree. Um, and we've kind of already gone through that in a turn. And so now we're in a very exciting kind of part um, of, our, of, our, of our journey, because it's kind of the part of where it is that we can really maximize and uh, use digital opportunity um, to look at growing a business like Sony and growing local artists. So if I had to go into it, this was kind of, I suppose, the value chain. So it was kind of the traditional model that was very, very straightforward. So you would get an originator or producer of content, they would go to a label, like Sony Music is an example. Sony would then push out the music either through, through, naturally through music stores and then to the consumer. So it was a very clear and obvious line and that's how it used to happen all the time. Radio obviously was a key part of that. So radio sat right there next to music stores and it was imperative that radio played your track and you did everything that you could to make sure that your track was playlisted either um, on the station of choice or whether it was um, selected in music committee ahead of your release or whether it was um, even just a spot play. But the reality is record companies and radio work symbiotically and had to, had to, had to, had to work very, very closely together in order to get any music out. So what's happened kind of since then, right, um, is we've a new thing kind of came into play from that point. And there was like kind of online music stores. So the emergence of platforms um, that intercepted the value chain emerged and our originators started selling directly to consumers. So what was normally this kind of chain went from being an originator and a producer of content straight into an online music store and straight to a consumer. And that kind of freaked everybody out because suddenly you didn't need music, uh, Sony Music as much as you thought you did because you didn't necessarily need a label and you're creating your own music. And then suddenly you didn't really need radio because in theory you could actually just go straight to the online music store and you could jump all of those kind of blocks, kind of like the... the, the, the um, the, the path and you go straight to your consumer. And that obviously freaked everybody out and kind of the digital age and what was going on. Since then we've obviously developed even more. So now we've got, we're in a stage where we move right into a streaming paradigm. So we've gone from being literally going into that V, so we started from originator all the way through to take the travel and then go into the consumer to online music store and now we full on into streaming. So the speed of disruption has been very, very fast. It's been rapid and um, it's been disrupted obviously by a lot of new entrants. The beauty is obviously from a label perspective and from a radio perspective is how is it that we make this work for ourselves, which is why we're here today. So obviously discuss what is it that makes sense between us all, right? So now we go originator producer of content we go Sony Music, so there's a lot of, a lot of uh, opportunity. Or you can go independent. When you go independent, that's also fine. So you can go literally originator, Sony Music, or Universal, or wherever it is that is your label, or you go independent. You go straight into streaming. 
literally straight into streaming. Normally, this, the, the relationship between radio um, kind of happens at the same time in which we launch when streaming happens, and radio happens at exactly the same time. Music store is non-existent, and then you go straight into consumer. So from a music store perspective and a physical perspective, there is very, very, very little that we are still pushing out in physical product. CDs really, really, really is kind of like a small, small, small margin, particularly only in the likes of like gospel, mass, mass uh, kind of some of our mass artists, urban, uh, urban artists that are still pushing out uh, physical where it makes sense. For the rest of it, most of our international repertoire, there is no CDs. Literally, you go um, originator, Sony Music, it's streaming consumer. Um, so this, th this music store part naturally will be phased out even more um, kind of in the coming, in the coming years. Um, so this has been very interesting for us. So this has happened kind of not in, didn't take like 10 years. You know, it's happened really just really, really quickly. And what it does turn us is that it moves to a time where, for the first time, we've seen kind of a decreased growth um, in the digital download. So no longer are people kind of saying, I need to own the entire album or I need to have the entire album. But actually, I just need to access the song. So streaming has obviously taken over what was traditionally a very, very downloads market and what was an opportunity to really own, have an ownership. And people are saying, but actually, if I subscribe to any one of these music services, all I really want to do is listen to the song and have access to it and stream it. So we've seen that kind of in the numbers, and that's just like a small snapshot to show you kind of what's happened with music revenue um, in the last um, couple of years, so 2013, and what we expect from 2013 to 2022 of what will happen. And naturally, if you look there, you'll see that um, downloads is phasing out, physical completely phased out, digital streaming is kind of on the rise. So the only place really in terms of focus and energy is, is obviously big in terms of the streaming market. So where does radio kind of fit into all of this? Because this is happening. This is real time. These are facts. These are not things that, like, I've come here and kind of said just purely based on a, on a, on a, on a label perspective. These are everyday, this is our everyday reality, right? Um, so what is the role of radio in all of that? I mean, I think the first thing is that the reality for radio is that the rise of digital has literally changed the playing field. So I know this well because I come from being in a station manager role and having worked at 5FM, I know and understand the relationship that we used to have with record labels. And now sitting on the other side, just like a good couple of years down the line, and it's not more than four years um, that I'm down the line, our relationship is entirely different. So the rise of digital literally has changed the playing field. What was radio was our first point of call for anything that we wanted to release is now a myriad of options. So we have radio is one of many options, and that's the reality that we face is not necessarily by choice. That is just the nature of the landscape. So artists, in theory, do not need radio, no, neither do they need labels. So they don't need a Sony Music, or they don't necessarily need radio to break a song. In theory, if you listen to the My Dallies of the World, which is part by TNS or Shesha, or any one of those, will give you a good example of how an artist um, from KZN literally broke his own track and went to number one all on his own. He didn't need a label, and neither did he need radio. He literally went from a, to a streaming property. So he was a streaming, he's literally a streaming opportunity, and he went to number one all on his own. And the streets spoke before radio did and before, before labels did, in theory. And um, whether that is sustainable in the long term, obviously, we can have a conversation about, and it's a debate. But the reality is that any one of those artists did not need either radio or a label to make themselves a success. So this is a scary, it's a, it's a, it's a scary um, kind of picture, I suppose, both for us as the labels and for radio. So what are we saying? We're saying radio competes with a lot of choice, and that's the reality, and the same for labels. So and from an artist's perspective, we are having to fight and work a lot harder 
to ensure that we are able to provide artists with the opportunity to grow and grow their careers. Because in theory, if you don't necessarily have that USP and you can't necessarily take them to the world or you're not allowing them the opportunity of a full marketing team or a full PR team, why do they actually need the label? And I suppose it's the same from a radio perspective. They go, there's so much choice. So you can access music so easily and there's so much choice, right? Um, and streaming has now become a, a direct revenue drivers for artists specifically, so they can actually see how many times their song has been streamed. It's only we've got a we've got a um, artist portal for every one of our artists. So in real time, they can actually see how many of the how many times their songs songs are being streamed and what their royalties look like in real time. So the reality is that with digital, it's brought the opportunity for us to see that actually from an artist perspective, they're gaining because they can actually see what's going on with their tracks. They don't necessarily have to wait for once a week kind of meeting with the label after the label's been to radio, or after the label's done their radio trips and come back and say, okay, Metro's playing it now, Five is playing it, this is where we are. And actually, with streaming, they can see in real time what their numbers are. So they know and understand that in the streaming paradigm, this is what's happening, and radio is naturally supporting that because as people get to know the song, they stream it more. So uh, streaming, definitely a big revenue driver uh, from an artist's perspective, obviously from a label perspective too. And real-time data and analytics obviously providing a lot of immediacy and delivering success stories. So we see it at Sony with all of our international repertoire. Um, we use a lot of data. So what was a record label and I suppose also a music committee who we have tastemakers who go on um, what they believe is uh, best for the radio station or for programming or for labels, kind of from an A&R perspective, what they believe is best for an artist. We now move an entire shift in paradigm into real-time data and analytics. So we've moved into a very, very interesting kind of period where in real time you can actually see data on what it is that your song is doing. So in theory, the same with like I made mention earlier about artists who don't necessarily sign with a label or are independent. They, use a lot of, they can use a lot of data and analytics to kind of see where it is that they are at and how it is that they are placed. So that delivers a lot of immediate um, success stories too. So it gives you a good example. So I'll give you an example of, I don't know if anybody's familiar with Little Nas X and kind of the Old Town Road, um, which came out of nowhere. So that was a, a streaming track, uh, international streaming track that literally came out of nowhere. So it was not, it's similar to what it is that I was explaining locally. It was not uh, prepped, it was not launched, it came out of Sony too but was not launched with any big um, expectation. And literally, the, streaming, the data and analytics provide us the opportunity to realize how quickly the song is traveling up the charts and how quickly people are adopting to it and how we have to put so much more pressure, specifically in our market, on radio as well as for ourselves, to grow it. So it was not necessarily... Um, something that we would have seen had we not had the data and the analytics to provide us with the backing to see how it is that it, um, it succeeds. So a lot of that is seemingly negative, but the reality is that we do have a need for more dynamic and engaging conversations. And it's evident just based on streaming success. So the reality is that from a radio and a label perspective, the engaging conversations and the dynamic conversations have to happen. There's no other way for us to move it forward because we're both in a situation where we're in a fast-paced environment and there's quick turnaround. And the reality is that music is dropping every single day and it's dropping at a speed of light. Um, and if we are not fast and agile and don't have a quick turnaround, we're not able to see the opportunities and have the engaging conversations, it's going to miss us completely. Because in theory, um, without those conversations and without those dynamic relationships, um, we don't necessarily need to feature. Um, it can go straight to consumers. 
So stronger relationships with labels and data to better assess opportunities, exactly what I was saying. The data is there, obviously, a lot more than it ever was, and we're using it a lot more just to build our case, specifically at radio and as well as with artists, around the success of how it is that we can grow a track or how it is that we can look at A&R better, how it is that we can look at opportunity better. Um, and the agility and the quick turnaround is exactly what I was saying now about the fact that we have to move fast. So specifically in the youth station. So I think about it now, and I think if I was at 5FM and I was a station manager now, not five years ago, like I was then, what would my, what would my relationship with labels be to be a very, very different scenario? And the ability to move quickly and to be agile in a youth market space is paramount. There's no way that you cannot move quickly and not be agile, because in theory, your song is going straight to your consumer faster than you can think. And it's going so fast because it's streaming. So they don't necessarily need you. What they do need from you, though, is the ability to move quick, to, be, to, to set the tone from a tastemaker perspective, to identify, to, 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 to um, use the opportunity that you've got from a music knowledge perspective to set the tone on what it is that is big about this track, why is it that it's important, what does it mean, how is it developed, who did, where did it come from, so that you're providing all the information, all the background. You're also filtering, right? So you're filtering for your consumer, so you're filtering for your market constantly because you're saying, actually, this is the one you should be listening to. This is where this came from. This is why this is important. This is what this means. Um, so a big, 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 kind of like, I suppose, a, a big part has to be played in terms of agility and quick turnaround, but a big part still, right, still has a big part to play just in terms of how it is that we consume that music. Um, and then I, I made a note there just to say that, like, feedback is actually just very, very important. I think the more dynamic the feedback, the, the better it is for the artist. So the reality is that as a label, I know labels, you know, traditionally the, 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 the tone is that a label pitches at radio, wait for music committee, Music committee obviously has a listen and then gives feedback as to when the track will obviously enter the playlist. But the reality is that the feedback is of paramount importance. So whether that track is actually added to the playlist, not added to the playlist, spot played, whatever it is, the feedback is paramount to artist growth. And we see it, I see it more now, having been at a label, in how it is that it develops that artist's career, because they actually need that feedback. So they actually need to know what it is that you think of it. And the more closer radio and labels can work together, together the better, because in theory you're developing an artist's career together. So the more feedback that you can give and the more clear that you can give from a radio perspective, the easier it makes it. Um, and this is not necessarily just for local, I need to say this, hey? It's also for international. So we're pushing out international tracks every Friday, at least six or seven international tracks on a weekly basis. And it's just the same. The Alan Walkers of the world, the Travis Scotts of the world, all need the same kind of feedback that you would an international art, uh, you would a local artist. For the same reasons, there are international offices around the world that Sony utilizes. They've got managers, they've got label, man label planners, uh, marketing managers, etc., all requiring the same feedback. Khalid is a big example. So Khalid um, launched in South Africa uh, with Free Spirit, his new album, talk I think about a month ago. And um, we were very lucky because Khalid world, worldwide, South Africa was the number one market that, it, that it, uh, it launched in. So we had mass success with Khalid and it was recognized immediately because again, the data and the analytics are there from an international perspective. So they don't necessarily even need to pick up the phone and say, Sony locally, what is happening with Khalid? They can see it in real time in data and in streaming. And they notified and already like said, okay, cool, Khalid's doing really, really well in your market. And obviously it had, it had gone to number one on release. So South Africa becomes like a flagship um, market suddenly. So then what is, the next, what is the next question? Okay, when you're going to radio and you have pitched talk or you've pitched um, 
become better, what is it that the, the, radio, the music compilers are saying? What is it that is important? What are they saying about the album? What are they saying about the track? And all of that feedback is not necessarily just for labels. It's literally there to provide feedback back to artist management to say, this is the track that we've got it locally in market. Yes, it went to number one. You would have known that already. But actually, this is what the market is saying about it. So it's very, very important to get that feedback um, just from a local and an international perspective in order for us to assist artists to grow. Um, and then just kind of a last slide around uh, radio before I move to some case studies. Um, we have to utilize labels and obviously the artists to drive station growth. I think that's more and more important. Um, the, the label has got artists at their, at their disposal, but it's up to radio also to utilize the label and the artists to grow station growth as much as possible. That relationship that I spoke about earlier is paramount and has to be a lot more um, connected because there's an opportunity there just in growing both an artist's career as well as that opportunity for radio to be aligned with an artist of choice as well as to appear to be at the cusp or in the foot, kind of at the, at the forefront of what it is that is next. So creativity and content opportunity. I'm going to show you some clips just now just around creative content that we've created around some of our artists. So previously, from a label perspective, not even from a radio perspective, from a label perspective, a creative piece of work for an artist was a music video. And that's how it is that you would have communicated a piece of content. The only content that you would have seen around an artist is a music video. And ideally, if they did any interviews, then you would kind of get a feel for who the artist is. Now we're in a different paradigm. So we're literally in a creative content creation opportunity. So all of our content that we're creating in and around any of our releases is actually non-music content. It's not around the, 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 the video that we're releasing. It's actually around the artist. What was it your thinking behind writing this album? What did it mean to you? How did the studio session, what was the studio session like? What did it look like? So we're literally filming content from the start of the journey of an artist, them in studio, what it means to write the piece of, piece of work, who is it that they collaborated with, what is it that they like for breakfast, where, what do they do for lifestyle opportunities, when they were six, where did they grow up, Take us back to your hometown. What did it look like? Who were your friends? Did you know DJ Tira when you were little? Did you go to the same school? So it's all these things that are built, that the stories that are building in and around an artist that is so different around how it is that you would push an artist out before. And all of that is non-music content. It's got nothing to do with the music video, but everything to do with the artist. So we're focusing much more on creating kind of content opportunities for these artists. And I think that there's a real opportunity from a radio perspective to do that together, to create creative opportunities. The artists are available, specifically from a local perspective, as well as international. So international assets come to us every single Friday. It's exactly the same. Beyonce is there. She's doing exactly the same thing. Miley Cyrus is there. She's doing exactly the same thing. All non-music content. It's got nothing to do with the music video per se. It has a link, I suppose, from a theme perspective. Or what does homecoming mean for Beyonce? What does Miley Cyrus' mother and daughter mean? So it's a, it's a little bit of an asset or a clip around her relationship with her mother because that's the name of her new single. But the reality is it's not actually music. It is actually about her as an artist and creating assets for um, the opportunity to grow the single. So it's a little bit of a different paradigm, but the reality is that the opportunities are there. And artists internationally as well as locally, we're definitely seeing it. And I think that there's a big part that radio can play in that because there's a conversation that needs to be had or conversation that can be had around much more than just the music. Um, the partnerships are, uh, are uniquely important, and having great partnerships with radio is always important to, in, order, in order to deliver great opportunity. It doesn't necessarily have to be, please can you playlist this track. It can be literally around telling the story of what is AKA's next move, why is it that he's creating this new album, why did he go to Hattabiersport Dam for three days, who did he invite 
on those three days? Who came? Who are the, what were the collaborations like? Why is it that I wanted to work with the specific artists? What is it that we were thinking about when we wrote these albums? So the partnerships come in there where we are having those conversations early. So you're creating kind of a long lead up for the artists as opposed to just releasing the track on a Friday. Um, the DSPs are obviously our digital service providers and we're doing this quite successfully with all of our streaming partners. So streaming partners are definitely on, um, on it in terms of creating of the, the content creation and the opportunities around it because they know and understand in the same way that content creation and telling a longer, longer tale of a story is far more important than just releasing a track. Um, I'm sure many of you are familiar with the Beats one, uh, with Zane Lowe. Um, that's an example, again, of content creation. So Old Town Road releases and he's got Little Nas X in the studio singing the song with him. He's singing part of it. Little Nas X is singing part of it. It's a different, it's a completely different take around how it is that we would traditionally interview an artist. So just thinking about it a little bit more creatively and being a little bit more out the box. I think the last two things that's just uh, last two points are really just more obvious is around radio and the relationship about being really just transparent and fair um, consistently. So we have a lot of engagement um, with a lot of um, radio stations consistently. And so obviously just to know and understand that we've got a very transparent, very fair relationship um, and that we can get clear feedback from radio stations and obviously just understand clear, the clearer the program and the station strategy is, the better it is for label. The label then knows exactly what it is that you require and what it is that we must deliver. The more of mudding of waters of um, we're across genre and also when our, our target market is very wide and whatever the case is, the more complicated it becomes because then we don't necessarily know what to service. So that's just like from an from a operational perspective, I threw that in there because I just thought the easier and the, the, the better it is to understand your strategic approach, the easier it is for a label to service because there's just so much music, right? So that's my speech on radio and what it is that I think is happening in the market. Obviously what it does say to us is that we need to stay ahead in this world and that there's, a lot, there's not much time to do so. So agility is really, really important, which is why I showed you the kind of the F1 um, clip just to say that these things are happening and happening fast. And what would I say, like if I had to take three words out of it and kind of give you three words in terms of our way forward, I'd say we just need to simplify, we need to be very clear on what it is that we need and we need to unify. So the relationship between labels um, and radio, I'd say those three things for me stand out the most. The simpler it is, the better. The executions don't have to be massively romantic and out there. It literally just needs to be something that makes sense and can resonate and is creative and can resonate with your market, uh, both from an artist perspective as well as from your radio audience perspective. Clarity so that it is very, very clear. Clear and simple, no problem, and unify. The reality is that we do still need each other. So labels need radio as much as, label, as, much as radio. Radio needs labels and labels need radio. So we need to work together in a way in which it still makes sense because the reality is that we, we are in the game um, together. So. Just in closing, I've got a few um, success stories that I wanted to share with you um, around some content pieces just to get a little bit of creativity going, just to give you an idea of what it is that we've done. The first is a catalog opportunity that we had um, with TKZ. TKZ celebrated the 20th anniversary of Halloween um, this year. So it's been a full 20 years since that album. Shocking, because I remember listening to it when I was young. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, it was a great opportunity for us to do a content piece and revive kind of some of the music. So this is just an example of a content opportunity that we created for a piece of music that is 20 years old already, or an album that is 20 years old already. But how is it that we could bring it back into the market and create energy and excitement around it? So I'll let you watch it and then we can go to some conversation. You know, good 10, 20 years after the time when people say, dude, what you did? I think it's even more than what we knew. Hello, hello, hello December. 
This album, I think, was one of those definitive records that gave a description of what country we were going into. It was freedom of expression, thoroughly from a youth point of view. I think it had a huge impact in just helping South Africans know what is the South African sound. It was iconic in my ears. I'd never heard anything like it. With TKZ, you start a song, you don't know how it's going to end up once all the other elements are in. It represented everyone, right? It was for the house lover, the house music lover, it was for the Kwaito music lover, and it was for the hip-hop music lover, right? I think it's one of the best albums ever. We're just three guys who barely made it past matric, and uh, we've played such an integral part in South African music history. I mean, uh, you ask any of our school friends, that was most probably the last thing they would have said about us. When it came out, I just moved to Austria, and my father brought us the Halloween CD. When I had that CD, I didn't get homesick anymore. TKZ and Halloween, they actually changed the game. From that first base, you like, oh, here we go. <laughs> It was very really different, the strings and Zwei with this classical side and us rapping. They were really just very aware of what the world looked like and could tell it to a person that was stuck in the hood somewhere, stuck in the township somewhere. I know one song I just couldn't believe at first was like, Makesh, you know, it's, we had just finished recording it before it was even mixed, but the mix just sat there without, you know, having to do anything. I was just like, wow. There was always this excitement in their music and it helps to match the excitement, the youthful excitement that I was experiencing. It opened up other genres and people to like, okay, if these guys can do it, you know what I mean, why not? The re-release is so that we can draw attention to their achievements and so that we can celebrate what they've done. I really believe TKZ, you know, was a group that, that just captured the energy of you know what was going on at that time. Their significance is way beyond just being artists. They've shifted the cultural needle and that's always important in, in everything we do. I wish though, they would do one more, you know, just the three of them. Just one more. Like just six songs, guys. Show me what you're all about. Yeah. So yeah, um, as you can see, immediately download or stream. Thank you. Uh, and post videos. So again, what was a paradigm 20 years ago, Halloween, TKZ is now moving into digital phase. So it's kind of around streaming, streaming um, re-release, it's not necessarily even a re-release, but asking fans to go and stream kind of all of the tracks. And what we saw from that campaign is again, just the dialing up of a catalog. So what is a catalog artist suddenly moves to frontline? All of a sudden you've got all of these fans re-recreating and reliving their memories of what they remember as TKZ. I, that's, that was my summer song, that was the song when I was in, in varsity, that was the song when I grew up, that was my mom's favorite, or whatever it is that is the memory around what TKZ meant for them. Aside from the fact that TKZ was a big part of changing um, the local sound and changing what it is that we knew and understand of how kids could dream um, in the 90s. So um, that's just a catalog example. If you give me five minutes, I'll be we're done. We're actually over time already. Okay, um, I've just got one more video to play, I mean, it should be good. So this is just an example of content piece. Um, 
from a catalog perspective, creative opportunity, post this. TKZ performed for the first time at 947's Joburg Day. They hadn't performed in, I think, easily almost 10 years together. So out of the creation of a catalog opportunity and a re-release around TKZ's Halloween 20, it reunited them as a group. They then went on to perform at Joburg Day and are now performing consistently, and we've now got plans to re-release a whole lot of uh, music again. So that's, that's very cool. AKA yeah. is uh, celebrating his five um, year anniversary of levels. So what was TKZ's 20 is now AKA's five years today. So it just gives an example of a, of a, of a campaign that we are doing uh, at the moment with Live Amp. We've got a relationship with Live Amp. They're taking social media, um, it's a social media poll and content from uh, fans saying what is their favorite track. And then tonight you will hear kind of what is uh, number one on the poll. So it's just again recreating catalog opportunity. And then the last video I want to play for you is just a campaign that we did with Khalid. I explained how successfully Khalid did uh, in our market. We partnered with 5FM to um, showcase Khalid's new album to, um, to a local market. We did a silent disco and we actually did it on Wits campus, but it was just about um, creating opportunity for uh, audience to um, engage with the entire album. Silent Disco, naturally, because Wits is quite strict about blaring loud music, but still worked in terms of its uh, ap uh, approach. of an international artist um, opportunity and how it is that we as Sony have to dial it up locally and the fact that we don't necessarily have the international artist to showcase to a market but you do have the music and the music can talk for itself and how creatively we can put it together and then last and I promise this is the last is a example of a signing that we recently did it's literally a one minute video but it's just an example of what is traditionally a label signing with an artist is usually an interaction in the boardroom a lawyer 
the head, the head of the company, and then kind of the artist in the room signing. We thought, we've literally just signed Stilo, and he's such an amazing and creative artist, and we couldn't possibly shoot a piece of content with him kind of in a boardroom with our MD. So we thought, what is it that we can do? And the thing that he loves the most is obviously a good look and being at the barber. So literally, this is Sony delivering his uh, contract, and he's signing at the barber. In the hood, I must say. really enjoyed it but it's just to give you a good idea around our relationship and as I said definitely still a key partnership just in terms of unifying both opportunity for labels and radio thank you thank you so much Aisha okay guys we're going there's unfortunately there's no chance for questions now but if you do want to ask questions we are going into a 15 minute break now so feel free I'm sure to come and ask questions um, up here so 15 minutes then we'll start again <laughs> 